This episode is sponsored by The Handyman Can, fully licensed and providing services to Litchfield County, New Haven County, and Northern Fairfield County, Connecticut. To schedule a free estimate, call 203-240-8914 and ask for Cole. Happy Halloween. It's Christina and Kristen and Rachel. So we are here today with a little bonus episode because obviously we love all things spooky. We love all things Halloween and we love all things haunted houses. So we have some personal tales and a story from one of our listeners and fellow podcasters. So we are going to be sharing those with you today just to keep it a little extra creepy on Halloween, right? Why not? So Kristen, do you want to start us off or do you want me to start us off? Why don't you go ahead with yours? Okay. So for anyone who does not know, I was previously married before I married my dear, wonderful, loving husband, Cole. And during that time, I lived at West Point, New York. Now, West Point, New York is the, um, the Army Academy. It's the Military Academy there. And it's very, very old. And there's a lot of crazy stuff that's occurred there. It's very spiritually active. Where I lived was located right across from the cemetery. And so lots of stuff was going on. And there was always minor stuff that happened while we lived there. Um, A couple of creepy moments. I felt like every time I took a shower, I would hear boots running up and down the stairs. And I would always think my husband was home. And I'd reach out and he wasn't there. Like I'd, I wouldn't be showering without anyone home. It was creepy. It was super, point. super creepy. Yeah. And then we had one specific occurrence that was very, very bizarre. There was actually a couple of smaller ones. And there was one that was just really, really big, like intensely big sort of thing. And I had just come home. I had been in Florida. It was like spring break sort of thing. And I had gone down. I was still technically in college. So I had gone down with a couple of friends just to like Disney. Nothing exciting. What do you mean? Nothing exciting. Nothing exciting. (laughs) And um, we actually didn't go into any of the Disney parks. We just sat by the pool and it was phenomenal. No, it wasn't exciting. (laughs) Um, So we went down and did that. And then when we came, when we came back, I'd been driving all night, you know, and get in. It's like five o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, Hey, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. And we were like laying in bed and just talking because we were just talking about the trip, talking about all of this other stuff. Now he was in the military. He was also an avid gun collector. And there was a large, very heavy, um, semi-automatic rifle that was hanging on the closet door. It was like a bifold door with a little knob and it was kind of hanging on the strap. And all of a sudden it started swinging back and forth. Now, this was not something that 
a breeze would catch right. and move. And we're both like, oh, that's really weird. Then the closet door started rattling. So we're like, oh, maybe one of the cats is trapped in, in the closet. And that's what caused it. And we just didn't realize it. So we opened the door. No cats. We had Poe at that point. And so, you know, he loved to crawl into closets and curl up in there. And he had been known to get stuck in them. It was not one of those circumstances. So you didn't let the cat out, but you let a spirit out probably. We let something out. And so kind of like go back, lay down. Everything seems to normalize. And then we had two laundry baskets stacked on top of each other. And one just slid off and set itself down on the floor right next to it. And I'm like, oh, that was... That was intense. Now, granted, I was exhausted, but I was not the only one seeing it, you know? Right. So then we get up and it's, you know, uh, almost 6 a.m. sort of thing at this point. It's almost 6 a.m. at this point. And so things are are still occurring. Things are still happening. And I hear what sounds like a knock on the door. And so he goes down to check it out. And I go to the landing at the top of the stairs, which was open, and I hear voices down at the bottom of the stairs. So I'm like, oh, he's he's talking to someone. And he comes back up, and I was like, who was it? And he said, it was no one. And I'm like, what do you mean it was no one? Who were you talking to? And he said, I wasn't in the kitchen. I went outside because I saw he saw someone that he worked with, and so he thought maybe it was him, like across the parking lot sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so he had actually physically left the house onto the porch and patio. And I was listening to a conversation at the bottom of the stairs and it was very, very creepy. And that was sort of the end of that occurrence. We also lived. um, So within that house, our little townhouse was attached to another one right next to us. And we got to know the neighbor pretty well and everything. He had a little boy and he recounted a story to us about one time when his little boy just started talking to someone in the kitchen. And so he popped in and was like, Hey, who are you talking to? And he's like, you know, the man in the corner. And he literally grabbed his son and ran upstairs and like locked them in a bedroom. And I'm like, okay, that's not stopping anything. (laughs) Like if it wants in, it wants in and it's going to get there, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, there's so many ghost tales and ghost stories at West Point. It's crazy. I'm sure anyone who's ever spent a significant amount of time there has something to share. But uh, that that was my biggest experience, I would say. And did you move right after? Well, we couldn't. It was military housing. Like, it was... out i know i know i just was like well i guess i'm gonna keep dealing with it i didn't like being alone there i was never keen on that um i i had a couple of things kind of tossed in my general direction and that was never fun and uh yeah yeah it was it was a good time it was a good time trying to think oh i do have one other creepy story that should be a ghost story but unfortunately isn't (laughs) so in college in college, I shared an apartment with uh, two other girls, and I had gone to bed one night, and there was a closet door to the hallway to the bathroom. There was a door to the hallway to the bathroom, and that, that door was always open. But, um, you know, I'm walking out, going to the bathroom in the middle of the night, and I look up, and I see a woman standing there in a long white nightgown staring back at me. And mind you, I didn't have my contacts in. And I went, <laughs> because you don't scream when you're terrified. All the air goes in and it <laughs> sounds like a vacuum inside of your lungs. And it's really intense and, and terrifying. 
And then I realized that for whatever reason, that door was closed and the mirror that hung on that door was looking at me and I was wearing a, a white nightgown and because I wore nightgowns back in the day. I don't, I don't <laughs> wow. know why. I don't know why. I was very Hollywood glam, you know? <laughs> so... So the ghost was yourself. I, it was me. I haunted myself very quickly. <laughs> yeah. So that was, but it's also probably the most accurate way to describe what I would do if I saw an apparition standing in front of me. Cause it was, it was a real, that's what I thought was happening. It was, it was also an old home in Montclair, New Jersey. And it was just really creepy, just really like a creepy old house. There was this whole like basement downstairs that clearly used to be some type of apartment and they had like ceramic children's heads that were supposed to be like singing on this mantle. Nope. Yeah. It was disturbing. It was the whole thing was really disturbing. And our landlords, they lived in an old Victorian home that never had any lights on. And everything inside of it was just like black or brown. It was just dark. Everything was very dark and very gothic and very tons of stuff. It was the whole thing was very bizarre. It smelled kind of old people-ish too. Gross. They might have been dead. I don't know. They definitely might have been just like dead old people renting houses out still cuz you know. Well, keep making that money. <laughs> exactly. Keep making that money. <laughs> All right. So, what do you guys have for us cuz I know you've got a couple of tales too. Yes. So, um about 5 years ago, Rachel and I moved in together for the first time. And uh, through one of Rachel's friends, we were able to live in a gorgeous, very old duplex in Waterbury, Connecticut, for an extremely reasonable price. And looking back, I'm not sure if that price was due to the connection that Rachel had or what lurked in the house. We started the process of moving in and excited to be together in our new home for the first time. We blew up an air mattress and spent our first night together before really moving much of our stuff in. Um, We had put the blow-up mattress in the living room because that was the only place we had a light at first um, because there were no overhead lights. Um, We closed the doors to all the empty rooms because, you know, they were dark and creepy with no lights. No, that totally makes sense. I do that in my own house all the time, so. Right, and also it was February, so, you know, we closed the doors to not keep the unnecessary empty rooms. Of course, of course. Yeah, no, I remember that apartment. Yeah, okay. Super creepy. Yeah, super creepy, but great dining room. Oh, sorry. Everything in the... I know, it was was great. It was really lovely. That's why I'm like, how is it so cheap? Right. But, well. So as we're trying to sleep that night, we hear loud banging and whispers coming from the bedroom. So we walked in to check it out, but the noises stopped when we opened the door. So we kind of just thought nothing of it. That night, we were sleeping in the living room, and I heard a noise next to me. And I realized Kristen was screaming bloody murder in her sleep. I tried to wake her up, but nothing seemed to do do the trick. So I held her close and tried to calm her down until she stopped screaming. This is terrifying. Yeah. It was really bad. I have no memory of this at all, but I remember waking up the next morning with Rachel's pendant necklace around my neck, which she told me she had thrown over my head to protect me that night. And this really should have been our first clue, as I had never been told that I scream in my sleep. And this was by no means our first night together. So she would have heard me, you know, multiple other nights if this were a thing that I did. I have slept next to you in a hotel room and at no point did you scream in your sleep because yeah. we we I would have moved rooms. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've done it have I? No. So that was a one time. Yeah. One time deal. Intense. I have a little story about that necklace. Um 
I had another apartment in Waterbury and I had moved in with two of my friends. And in my room, there was a, um, a loose floorboard. So like under the floorboard, I picked it up. Nope. And <laughs> I found this little like pendant and I was like, that's nope. weird. <laughs> and, but it was so cool looking. It was like really cool looking. Yeah, no, they always are because that's how yeah. the devil gets that's you. How they okay. Get you. That's what I said. Shiny yeah. things. Shiny things. <laughs> so I decided to make a necklace of it and I just threw it on a black string and I wore it for probably seven years. I years, think. yeah. Yeah, like years. Until and I like, made you take it off. And I would not take the, the necklace off, like, for anything. Showering, like, anything. It was... But I just thought it was so cool. I thought it was, like, my lucky little token, basically. It was awesome. Until it wasn't awesome. Yeah, so long story short about that ne- uh, that necklace, and we could do an entire podcast about that. Um, it was not lucky at all, and I'm pretty sure it was evil. Definitely evil. How did you... Do you guys still have it? Well... Did you, like, drop it off with... Ed so and Lorraine Warren. No. Still, I I've had it. I have it hidden. She doesn't know where it is because okay. she has like this weird thing where she's drawn to it. Okay, like, like has, I need the necklace. Okay, it's it's, it's like, like the, the ring. ring. Yeah. The ring. Exactly. You're Frodo. Or you're yeah. No, you're Frodo. Bilbo. Sorry, I'm Bilbo. Bilbo. Yes. Frodo. You're all yeah. of them. So <laughs> yeah. So I have it hidden because I don't want to put it anywhere for someone else to come across it, like Jumanji or something, or oh, the mask. My God. Or the- so many references, really. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, so that pendant that could be an entire other podcast, but yes, it is still in my possession somewhere because I know that I don't want to touch it. It's wrapped up, tucked away, and that's, I will wear it. I will still wear it if I found it. So. That's crazy. So it's funny because when I had her take it off, from that moment on, her life like flipped. Was she married? She you? got her shit together. <laughs> <laughs> And that in itself it like is worth it. It was like holding her back. <laughs> it was weird. So anyway. That's great. I just had fun in my 20s, that's all. Hmm. I mean, didn't we all? <laughs> anyway. So back to the Waterbury house. So like I was saying before, there were no overhead lights. So we had to hook up some lamps to the outlets that were, you know, um, controlled by the light switches. Sure. Um, that's so, usually how, you know, yeah. lights work. No. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, so a little background on the house. Rachel had been there a few times before using the kitchen for catering purposes. And I had never been there until I agreed to move in. Um, so the spirits in this house were used to her and not me. So once the lamp was hooked up, for some reason, the light switch would never work for me. And only Rachel was able to turn the light on or off. As many things in life, that's my ability. <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes. <laughs> that's great. I'm giggling. So that was, that was creepy good. for me. I was like, why? Uh, why? Why won't it work? That's weird. It's I was like, like it there's wanted a short you in, in the, the light. Dark. Yeah, really. Oh I God. thought there was a short in the light switch, and she was like, this one flipped it and went on. I was like, it was for, like forever. Shut okay. up. The entire time we were living there, I was never creepy. able to turn the light on. So anyway, someone had also left a grandfather clock in the corner of that apartment. Okay. Guys, yeah, no. I know, like a Just really no. nice okay. grandfather clock. I have to tell you. The price for this apartment was amazing. There's no way that we would have said no to what we got for this, you know, not knowing. I just feel like the people who bought the Amityville Horror House had the the same thought, okay? Like, I just... Okay, but no one told us it was haunted. Okay, okay. I had heard that it was a little bit haunted. Okay, well, you didn't tell me. Being in... It's like, literally, being in my industry, I can tell you that there's something wrong with it. Mm -hmm. A good deal like that is never really a good deal. Well, I really thought it was because of her friend. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Now I get it. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so um, the grandfather clock no longer worked. It was just kind of sitting there, which is why I assume someone just left it. It was garbage. Nice aesthetic, though. It was really pretty. I mean, I always felt like it was a super fancy place when I walked in because, mm-hmm. like, bam, grandfather clock. Right. So, again, it, it, the clock stopped moving. The chimes never went off. It was just a broken piece of furniture at that point. And I remember one time I was sitting on the couch with the cats watching TV in the morning. In the morning, day daytime. Right. When all of a sudden both cats turned their heads, like, really quickly, like, whipped their heads over towards the grandfather clock. And, like, one or two seconds later, the chimes started going off. And the cats ran out of the room. Not because they were startled by the noise. Like, they knew something was there. And it made the chimes go off. And they were like, nope, bye, you're you're on your own. So disturbing. Yeah. Ah. One day, I was doing a load of laundry. And the... Laundry was down in the basement. I was going to say, did you have a washer and dryer in that apartment? No, it was down in the basement. Okay, yeah, it was cool. down in the, the basement. The really creepy basement. Like, mm. creepy. You walk down. Did it have singing children's heads? Like, ceramic singing children's heads? Or it was that not. just mine? Oh, it okay, didn't cool. have to. It didn't, no, it didn't <laughs> have to. All the places we live when we're broken 20. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was accessible, like, through our shared upstairs, downstairs kind of area. So, the I went down. Yes, the mud room. And <laughs> so, I went down to do a load of laundry, you know, just like you would. And to give you a visual of this, it's like Bilko doors inside the mudroom, so you have to open them, and then it's like very large stone uneven stairs to get down to the basement, like totally unfinished. Like the floor was dirt. Like like ours at Wellsville? Worse. Worse. Oh, wow. Okay. Like wow. the stone, the stairs were like two feet apart. You had to like climb them. Like oh they weren't God. meant to be like normal stairs. person stairs. Yeah. It was like... Giant stairs, rocks that we're walking down. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. (laughs) So I was down there, and I went to go put a load of laundry in, and I went to go get the laundry detergent, and the pop, the top just like popped off, and like exploded basically, and then the laundry detergent fell to the ground, and I hadn't even touched it yet, and all of a sudden I just felt like I was spinning, like I was like super drunk or something, and like couldn't even walk up the stairs, so. Were you hot or cold? I remember you got like a sensation of. I was freezing. Temperature change. Freezing. Like you were a temperature, right? You were a temperature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which one was it? Yeah. <laughs> it was a freezing temperature, <laughs> and um, I just like didn't feel right, and so I made. I had to like make my way back upstairs, and I just sat on the couch, and I was. It was just really, really terrible. It's a really weird experience to like feel it. I don't know. So I came home from work that day to find Rachel still not feeling well. So I went downstairs to fetch the laundry and I was fine. But a few days later, I was going to the basement to do more laundry while Rachel was at work. So it must have been a Sunday because that was the only day that you worked during the days at the time. Yep. Um, so it was during the day and um, I put a load into the washing machine and was walking up the stairs and I turned around remembering I forgot to turn the light off. So the light to the basement was like a pull string above the washing machine and you mm-hmm. had to like feel your way to turn it on. There was no light switch to get down the creepy large stone stairs. No, thank you. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, no. Laundry was a task in that house. <laughs> so um, I turned around remembering I forgot to turn off the light and I will never forget what I saw next. It still scares me. I still get a chill down my spine every time I talk about it. Right now, there's hair standing up on my arm. Um, I saw 
two skinny black furry legs, like sauntering across the basement, like very clear as day, like bipedal, bipedal legs, like yeah, upright, like, yeah, 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 like like with hooves, black furry hoofed legs just walking across. At the the body was cut off because I was at the top of the stairs and built go doors, so I couldn't see anymore. But did you burn the house down? Um, I ran into. I was like, nope, light's gonna stay on. Laundry's gonna stay in the washing machine. Not touching it. Ran into bed. Stayed there until Rachel got home from work and told her what happened. I was like near tears, so scared and. I was like, I'm not ever going into that basement ever again. Again, so, did you burn the house down? Because well, it wasn't this is ours, okay. so. <laughs> yeah. still, I think it's like a historic property. Maybe they, so. it is. It's it's a really old property in yeah. Waterbury, and there's I no mean, way that we could just burn it down. I mean, just burn it down. It's fine. It's fine. Everybody will appreciate if you just burn it down. Okay. So in this house, there were so many experiences that we both shared, and I mean. It was an everyday occurrence, basically. But at some point, we were just like, hey, it's just a normal thing. But sometimes these experiences were super scary. And I remember this one night, we were laying in bed. And our cat, Ono, was sitting on a a couch that we had in the bedroom. On the arm of the couch. And I just want to clarify, the cat's name is Ono, because it's like our cat, oh no. And (laughs) she's not saying, oh no. It's uh, the cat's name is O-H-N-O, Ono. And you should also know Ono at this point, because he's been in a few podcasts. Yes, he's definitely (laughs) been involved. He's very mouthy, and he is the fat version of Derby. So (laughs) So this is a very large cat. I mean, he's got to be 25 pounds. He's a big boy. He's a chonk. (laughs) So... He was sitting on the arm of the couch. We're laying in bed and we look over and we see Ono kind of like being pet by something. Like if you were to pet a cat and they react that way. His head was his head was bowed down and leaning into being pet. Like first he was like looking around like he was seeing a bug or something. But the room was the lights were off just lit by the TV screen so I see him like w- looking around and all of a sudden he stops looking right in front of him, staring at something. And then he bows his head down and starts leaning in like he would if he were being pet. His whole entire body was being like, sus- it looked like he was suspended in air, like not physically possible to be that far off the couch. Or he was leaning up. forward so far that something must have been holding him. It was one of the creepiest things I've ever seen. Like, to- And we both were just looking at it like, what is happening? That's not physics. I was laying in bed and like pushing back with my legs, like pushing away from where he was because I was so scared. Like, again, I was like, <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't scream. You don't scream no. when you're scared. Everybody always screams in the yeah. movies. You don't scream when you're scared. Okay. No. All that air goes in. <laughs> and we would always feel like if I was laying in bed, even if like Kristen wasn't home, I would always feel like something had been on the bed with me and was moving around on the bed. And I would just see like the blankets kind of shifting and the cats were not the there. Cats, I mean, there was nothing on the bed with me. And I, I mean, like I said, you just kind of live with it until you cannot live with it anymore. And I think that was. Well, um, I moved out a week later. So. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, that, that was the last. Points, <laughs> for sure. And that is the story of our Waterbury house haunting. So basically, Ono's been touched by the devil. Yes. Um, I've seen I think it was, a demon. Yeah, you've seen a demon. <laughs> it was demons. I, I mean, maybe that there, there's a spirit there, but. I mean, even anger that I would feel in the house, just like total personality kind of switch a little bit. And I'm pretty sure that load of laundry is still in that laundry <laughs> machine. <laughs> it, 
it's a shame too because my shirt was in that laundry and like I'm I'm still pissed that I don't have it. Okay. Okay. It's five years later. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness! Can you imagine somebody opening it up and they're like, "Oh hey, oh oh, this is a whole load of laundry. Oh, I guess we'll just wait." You know. (laughs) I wonder why this is here. Yeah. (laughs) As like some furry little hand taps them on the shoulder (laughs) and they're like, "Oh, Oh, this must be why." All right. And so finally, we have got a a story from one of our one listeners and two, a fellow podcaster. Her name is Crystal, and she is with the Visitation Podcast. She is a spiritual medium and criminologist. And if you haven't tuned in, definitely check it out because it's a it's a really unique perspective. a really unique perspective on um you know just true crime in general and stories and all of that so this is her tale if you will of a haunted airbnb so i'm just going to read it verbatim and if you um if you guys want to chime in or ask any questions i won't be able to answer them but feel free (laughs) so perfect awesome as long as we're all on the same page that's really what matters right Jesus. Since starting our little family, my husband and I learned to appreciate Airbnbs more in the recent year. There is something special about having your own private space for a bit, which makes it easier to settle into vacation mode. Plus, it is a lot easier to settle into a small routine, especially when you have little travelers in your group. And Lord have mercy, that is the truth, Crystal. Airbnbs are quite unique, and depending on what you're looking for, you can easily book a room or an entire house with just the tap on your phone. Typically, Airbnbs are typically someone's house or personal space, and there can be an energy, whether it's residual or something along those lines that may be occupying that space. Residual energy is a type of energy or vibes that are left behind from other people that have occupied that space. Often people who are sensitive or empaths can struggle with residual energy, especially if that room is never cleansed properly. That's good to know. I should clean my house. So I'll bring the stage. Cool. I have a giant stick upstairs, so we'll we'll light that bad boy later. <laughs> uh, I mean downstairs because we, we are upstairs. upstairs. Just there's kidding. Floor. There's like, another uh, space I don't I know about. <laughs> I didn't tell you guys about that extra floor. <laughs> Back in early 2017, I went to visit New Orleans with a friend of mine. There is something about New Orleans that had always caught my eye. The entire city is just filled with history, magic, and altogether it is a spiritually and it's spiritually inviting. My friend and I booked a private room at an Airbnb house in which we would be sharing the house with our host. Since we were traveling alone, we figured staying with our host would help us to get to know New Orleans. The night I flew into New Orleans, I could instantly sense that my weekend would be unforgettable. I had arrived first to the house that evening. Unfortunately, our host wasn't there, but I was greeted by her sweet dog in addition to spiritual energy. This type of energy was masculine, and it filled the entire living room space. While unpacking, I got a text from my friend letting me know that her flight was delayed, and she would be arriving later that night. Alone in the house, I decided to kill time and do some light reading in my room. A few minutes into my book, I began to hear heavy footsteps and loud, muffled jazz music. 
All this unexplained activity seemed to be coming from the attic above my head. See, the extra floor. Mm -hmm. Confused. I began to think that the host might have forgotten to mention that someone else was staying in the house. While walking into the living room, I heard several male voices, muffled, coming from the attic. And I started to sense that the energy I was feeling was spiritual. As I was about to do some investigating on my own, my friend walked into the house and the activity immediately stopped. So I thought. The following day, I woke up exhausted and just mentally drained as if I didn't even sleep at all that night. I kept having the same nightmare every time I tried to fall back to sleep. That morning, we finally got to meet our host and while introducing ourselves, I began to tell her about the activity. I kept hearing up in the attic in addition to my awful nightmare. I will never forget the way she looked at me when I spoke about the upstairs activity in my nightmare. She immediately apologized and was surprised that I could hear the activity happening in her home. Our host began to explain that the house's history, the, explain the house's history and mentioned that years ago, the original owner had transformed the attic into a small bedroom. However, over time and with new owners, the room was then transformed back into an attic. However, the original furniture stayed behind. Not a good idea. Not mm. to, to get rid of furniture if it's no, in the that's house. that's the same as the... The, um, the clock. No, well, yeah, that too, but um, Amityville. Oh, yeah. No, no. Get rid of the furniture. No, they we don't need that. the house with all the furniture. It's like, no, yep. it's good. Get rid of it. Yep. Ugh. Put it on the curb. Someone will take it. <laughs> Our host began to tell us about the paranormal activity that began after she started working as an Airbnb host. She claimed that every time she brought the furniture down from the attic and placed it in her living room, the next day, her living room would be a mess. For example, the mess was described as if someone broke in and tore the place apart. The only thing that would be missing from the scene would be the same piece of furniture that she got from the upstairs. Our host claimed that when she went searching for the missing pieces, she would find the furniture back in the attic. According to her, after that, she began to have the same nightmare for weeks, which was the same nightmare that I had had that previous night. Yeah, I see. Super creepy. I literally just I I see. I see those goosebumps. After hearing her about her story, I knew I had to help her. As we were talking, she mentioned that she worked part time as a mortician. Crazy man, crazy. When she started to tell me about her experiences at work, this was when everything began to make sense. Every time she came home from work, she often felt that she was never truly alone. As she was talking to me, I immediately felt and saw a young man in her living room approach us at the living room table. He instantly apologized about his presence, but he had a message for her and wanted her to receive it before he crossed over. After this message was delivered, other spirits in her space started to come forward with their own messages. Since she took pride in her profession, her clients if you will. So the people that died. Uh, well, and I guess she's the, a mortician. Yes. We're still earthbound and some began to attach themselves to her. The attachment was more of a gum on a shoe type of thing. For instance, imagine walking outside and you unknowingly step on some gum on the street. All day you were walking around with the gum under your shoe, but you have no idea it's there until you get home and take off your shoes. 
As for the paranormal experience dealing with her furniture, it was caused by spirits wanting to get her attention. They never meant her any harm. They just wanted to let her know that they were here. Okay, well, message received. received. Hardcore, (laughs) exactly. As for our same nightmare as an empath, I was unknowingly picking up on her energy and tapping into her dream energy. Luckily, I was able to help her understand the dream, which was a big relief for both of us that night. I was able to teach her how to ground her energy and properly cleanse her home. New Orleans was a memorable time. I personally believe that everyone should take the time to visit the area. I always believed that there was something special about New Orleans, and I'm glad I got to witness the magic. So, if you ever visited NOLA and had a spiritual encounter while on vacation, it says, please let us know. And you can let us know. This is her writing, though, so you can let her know, let too. Let her know. Absolutely. <laughs> um, it's honestly, Crystal, thank you so much for sending that over. That is so startling. Yeah. And she definitely, she sent us actually another one, too, which we can do at another time for sure. But um, she probably has a lot of good ones as an um, as a medium, and you should definitely check out her podcast too because it's really really good. Again, that's the Visitation podcast podcast, and she's fantastic. You can find her anywhere that you listen. So, um, absolutely spectacular. And that's it. That's what we've got. Those are your ghost stories, haunted ghost stories. Happy Halloween, guys! I hope you all are safe. Yeah, safe. Safe. (laughs) Trick or treating, not eating poisoned candy. All the good not stuff. Not getting haunted. Not getting haunted. <laughs> not allowing demons to attach themselves to you or help you do laundry. Um, <laughs> not running up and down the stairs if you're a ghost. All that good stuff. So I hope you're going to have a, a great day. Um, definitely feel free to reach out and share if you've got any good ghost stories. We want to hear them and we will absolutely share them on a future episode. Yes. So take care. Make sure you subscribe and follow to our show. Uh, feel free to rate us. You can subscribe to our Patreon and get some ad-free tales as well. And follow us on Instagram at The Real Crime Podcast. Or our Facebook page. The Real Crime Podcast page. Or if you want to reach out, you can email us. The Real Crime Podcast at gmail.com. And the singing is back. <laughs> <laughs> it's Halloween. It has to be. <laughs> Come on. All right, guys. So, Thanks for uh, listening. Creep it real. <laughs> I had to. Yes, I <laughs> All right. Bye.